Welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, I'm going to be interviewing our newest designer. Jacob Neidlinger. (laughs) I told him, oh my gosh, now I'm going to have to say your name. We practiced several times before this. Uh-huh. Right? Oh, yeah. German. German. I got to remember that. Not need. Neidling. Yeah. Good. Really good. good. Welcome to the team, Jacob. Thank it's you. It's very exciting. Yeah. Have you heard? Now, the guys, the, the, the audience, the viewers, people that watch have heard. I've talked a little bit about when we interviewed you and then we decided to hire you. And then he was supposed to start on Tuesday and then he was sick this week. So it was like this anticipation mm-hmm. all week. Oh, and yeah. and it was sort of a bet like, is he, maybe he's changed his mind. Maybe he's going somewhere <laughs> else. Maybe he was wrong and he regrets no. taking the job and he's trying to find another job. And I thought... Oh God, I hope not. Like we just finally settled. We we were so happy. Oh yeah, no, it was just the worst timing. I like I think I told you in that last interview that I was in, I was like, Yeah, my blood disease like really like makes me sick sometimes. Yeah. And it caught me on Monday. It just really caught me. And then Tuesday and Wednesday I was just like knocked out for two days. Just bedridden, too dizzy to move. Ugh. Didn't want to take the dog outside, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Things. I haven't had any um winter colds now and I have no wood to I know to knock on. Knock on something. <laughs> Yeah, but we're so glad you joined us. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, it's so really fun. Good, because yeah. today was your first day. First day, yeah. He's still here. <laughs> um, what'd you think? Uh, I enjoyed it. The floor uh, was really kind of um, exciting to get out and like explore all of the items. I have a somewhat familiarity with some of the furniture items, but mm-hmm. it was really cool seeing like some of the newer items that... like. Brands, the people that you brought in that I haven't seen yet before. Uh-huh. So it was really cool kind of seeing how that can like integrate into like my own stylings and how I can like kind of get inspired by that. So it was really cool to like walk around and do that. And then Good. I also really enjoyed just like building the furniture for you. Yeah. I'm a weird person see? like that. My parents got me like the little like Allen wrench set of like 64 oh, yeah. so I could get like the right furniture built. So I, I love doing that kind of stuff. So You know, it's funny. I, I think back when I was really little, like before I started kindergarten, my grandparents babysat me during the day and my grandpa would take me out um, to the wood shop and get little scraps of wood and I would build Barbie furniture. Really? Little pieces of, yeah, make a bed. That's and so cute. I forgot all about that. Look yeah, at that. Bring back I know, right? Okay. And I think I talked to you guys that um, that is one of the benefits. I mean, it was one of the things that was definitely a plus mm-hmm. for hiring you was you have a passion for furniture, mm-hmm. which to be a good designer, you have to be crazy about furniture. Um, and you build furniture and you'd love to someday have your own line of furniture. Yeah. yeah. So will you tell everyone what your background is? So you okay. went to school. Yes. So uh, I'm originally from Indiana. Uh, I hail from this tiny little town called Speedway, Indiana. Uh-huh. If you've ever heard of the Indianapolis 500 racetrack, oh. I'm so sorry. Um, that's my that was my backyard. Really, really four blocks away from it. So <gasps> I was constantly around like race cars going around, constantly around wow. like, the drunk fans and that sort wow. of thing. Wow, just the rumble, just the rumble the, the entire time. Yeah, wow, it's so, like living in it by an airport. Exactly. Except it's but only worse. once a year. Oh, well, no. I mean, it wasn't not just once a year. You got IndyCar in like May. You got NASCAR that was in August. And then they started doing like Grand Prix, which is like motorcycle racing in September, wow. I think. They, they brought Red Bull like airplane for a minute. It yeah. Some different. That, those were dangerous. Yeah. That was a little dangerous, <laughs> but they, they were trying to put everything out there. So I just have wow. all the types of engines and motors just kind of constantly going around when I'm in Speedway. Isn't that something? So, yeah. So 
fun fact about that, my mascot in high school was a spark plug. <laughs> and as a swim team, we were the shark plugs. Oh my Terrible, gosh. right? That's terrible. We terrible. had purple kangaroo for our mascot. Purple kangaroo. I know. And my husband gives me such a hard time because it's not even indigenous to this country. <laughs> <laughs> well, the student body chose it in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, I don't wow. know who chose spark plugs. Spark plugs. That's not even a fighting, you know. No. no it wow. Was, it was terrible mascot. Terrible mascot. But um, So, you went to school. Went to school there. At, um, where, at university. Sorry. Indiana. Indiana University. Okay. How far away was it from home? That was about an hour south um, in this little town called Bloomington, Indiana. It was like mm-hmm. the only liberal city in Indiana. Um, <laughs> so, so you went there as fast as you could. Very much. Uh, and it was a fine arts sort of school. So uh-huh. um, I kind of went in at first thinking maybe it just might be more arts and sciences. And then I found interior design. Um, I love that. And fell in love with that. Um, I had always wanted to be like an architect. Uh-huh. But like... Building homes, they don't teach you that in college. They teach you how to build skyscrapers and like all the yeah, big commercial stuff. Not exactly. Like, not the small stuff that I wanted to work on. Yeah, exactly. So I found interior design going through the schooling, like drawing the floor plans, the sections, the elevations. Mm-hmm. You're getting so much of the same information. It's literally yeah. just a stamp at the end of the day. Yeah, I yeah. Could, I could draw out an entire building, send it off to an architect, and they could stamp it right away. Yep. We used to have rent-a-stamp. I had a guy and yeah, exactly. that would, I'd do the blueprints and he'd... Yeah, and, and my degree was originally considered interior architecture. Really? But then the school complained because we didn't take the same physics classes as the architecture school. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we had to learn, you know, all of the HVAC systems, the whole, the structural. Yeah. You know, I have books on just how to build a house. A $200 I mean, book you'll never use again. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So contractors are for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's really cool. So it was a four-year degree? It was a four-year degree. It was actually a Bachelor of Science, which I thought oh, was... Oh, yeah. Makes me sound so much cooler and smarter yeah. than I actually am. I have a BA. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a quick four years. Um, and then as I was getting ready to transition out of design school, going through all like, the studio classes and everything, mm-hmm. I got a job with a local firm down there mainly doing small residential projects like random kitchen random bath nice nothing like major huge hundred thousand dollar budgets that we work yeah. with around here but did you design them yeah. did you draw them you we, oh, that's uh, awesome. yeah so she was she was a mom uh she ran it out of the oh. back of her house with like four other kids in the house so like i was constantly running around kids designing sketching um but yeah we got to do every piece of it we drew an autocad we would draw the elevations the floor plans and then send them off to the contractors to get mm-hmm. built and all that kind of stuff so she really let me get my hands dirty in the design world pretty nice. quickly good yeah. So then um, I was with her for about a year, and I told her when I was graduating that, like, I really wanted to move to Seattle. Seattle was, like, my home city. I've been wanting to come here since I was, like, five years old, I think. Yeah. So I have an older brother that lives over in, like, the Ballard area. Gotcha. And he's been here since I was five years old. Gotcha. So uh, we came out to visit often, and it's just, like, I always fell in love with it. So I knew Seattle was where I wanted to go. Right after I graduated, I tried applying for, like, a year, and just no one reached back out until I got lucky. I just kept doing it, got lucky. Um, An old connect that I used to work with in Indiana moved Uh out here, was working at this firm, and was like, hey, we need someone to replace my position. I'm getting a promotion. I know the perfect person. So he called me. and awesome. Oh, yeah. It happened. Because he referred me and the company was cool with him, I got the job within, like, a week and a half. Nice. And then, like, within three days of, like, accepting that job offer, I was on a plane 
to Seattle with just like my suitcase. I was like, I'm not taking any furniture. It's all yeah. clothes. I'm starting you fresh. Yeah. And I, I, was, I don't name the furniture. Exactly. I'm so much happier doing that because like I had a, sh- I had terrible furniture back at home. You know, it was like all the college Probably. stuff that you just like, you Everyone get through. Cinder blocks and a, and a board. Exactly. For your the cheapest stuff you can find. But I've like been able to like really like collect cool pieces here in Seattle that I would awesome. not have been able to find in Indiana. So Really? Yeah. So it's a different like design environment, different. Oh my gosh, yes. That was like the biggest thing for me too. It was like Indiana, this isn't me like talking down on them, but I felt like so many of the clients were just, they wanted to redesign their McMansion, you know, and yeah. it all looks the same. It's in the same cookie cutter neighborhood. No one wanted to like try and like freshen out the outside, but oh, they always yeah. wanted it to look like it was a part of the neighborhood. So it just felt like, so many times you were just doing the same house over and over and oh, over yeah. again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been a lot of places like that. Were the exteriors all the same? Mm-hmm. Like brick? Yep. Texas was like that. Florida was like that. California was like that. It's yeah. got to be a hurricane, tornado zone, mm-hmm. brick. But you drive through a neighborhood and they all of the exteriors are the same. Mm-hmm. If, unless you had, you know, unless your client has a unique planter on the porch or a bench yeah. that you identify by, I'm constantly, no, which house? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Circling in the grid for like four wow. times till you come around to it. Yeah. So like that was mainly Indiana. It's just like all these small subdivisions of people wanting to like, we want to make our house different, but not yeah. really. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Bloomington was like my first sort of like breakaway because they have a bunch of like split levels and like older sort of 70s homes that have like the atriums in the middle. Oh, cool. They had a lot of cool houses to work with. So Bloomington gave me like that sort of like awakening of like, oh my gosh, there are actually different houses and house types yeah. around here. And then Seattle just like oh, blew every that house out of different. the water. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Every house is different. Every house is different. Yeah, Everyone wants something different. You know, they want the outside to look like it's a craftsman, but the inside needs to look like it's been Asian inspired. You know, uh-huh. it's like, I love yeah. the people of Seattle just because of how unique they Yay. are. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess maybe because I was always raised here, mm-hmm. but it is, every house is different and mm-hmm. it's, and it's express yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Very. I, I think when I moved back and, and you know, I can only say that it's Instagram and it's Pinterest and it's things that they see so much, even Pottery Barn, they see the same thing. Mm-hmm. So they want, you know, to, to be, you know, like the Joneses, right? Exactly. But the heart of Seattle, for the most part, and, and it's, you know, generational, mm-hmm. they want unique, different. Shraddha did a sectional sofa this week, huge, big, beautiful sofa in the brightest chartreuse, uh-huh. like acid green velvet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's going to be gorgeous, but whoa. Yeah. Yeah. But see, good for them. You know, express yourself. Yes. And I love that. And I, it seems to just like kind of keep hitting me over the head. Every new client, it seems like, oh, okay. Like I have, I actually have to like think about something that like is going to make your project really stand out from the one I just did. Uh huh. Just because you need that little certain difference. It's just like, it changes the whole design sometimes. Absolutely. So. I yeah. love that. So when you got here, you worked with that firm for a while. I did. And what did you do there? Was that... So that was mainly like kitchen and bath. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was this old, um, I'm going to say 10,000, 5,000 square foot um, showroom that had a bunch of like offices in the back that we were like thrown into. But it was just a huge floor of like different countertops, tiles, flooring, basically any person who was coming in to either build a new home or just needed a remodel like Mm -hmm. that was where they came to get their heart services um and with that came a lot of like 
which wasn't my favorite part, was like a lot of free design quotes. Uh-huh. Uh, just because I feel like so many times you, you, you spend so much time trying to like nail down this design for it to be something special for someone. And then because there was no protection in place there at that job, they could just walk out with that design. Ugh. Literally have the manufacturer of the cabinets, literally have the color we selected. Wow. There's nothing that we could do as designers to protect our designs. And so people would just take those, go somewhere else with them, and then we wouldn't hear back from them, you know? Yeah. So it just kind of became like this very like, am I actually designing someone's house or am I like just designing for someone to come in? Oh yeah. And then take it to somewhere else to get shopped again, you know? Well, exactly. And you know, a lot of people ask me about e-design. I mean, great. If, if you're, you know, in a remote area, you don't have clients around, you don't have places you can shop. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. But what I would miss is seeing the design come to life. And it's like anything else. You have great intentions. You know, you start the diet, you buy all the diet food, and then it goes moldy. So people will buy the design, and then are they really going to do it? Yeah. How many people actually go out and buy that furniture and place it the way you said and paint the your colors? And you're never there to see the look on their face and to see mm-hmm. it come to life. And yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's like an artist that you could paint, but you were never, you would never see your art. You know, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. No, I think that's a, the good part about having the like benefit of like not being so e-services like you really get to connect with someone yes there's a lot of people that can connect online and that's great when it comes to like design when you're like interacting with materials that you're going to be interacting Mm -hmm. with for hopefully the next 10 to 20 years Mm -hmm. you know like it's really important to understand like how that tactile difference feels i can show you a picture of like 10 different fabric patterns and like makes and they all will look the same to you on the computer Oh, yeah. It's about as soon as you like can feel and be like, oh my gosh, that's the one. That's the one I want, you know? Like, yep. That's the one I want to nap on. <laughs> exactly. Like, it, it gets you more invested in design, but it also gets the client so much more like into like, oh my gosh, I'm like buying this super thing. Like, it's special just for me, you know? Like, I feel like that really allows the design to like sell and it also allows the client to like really just trust you more. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's so many points you can talk to. Mm-hmm. There's so many more, yeah, because then you're talking about all the senses, yeah, right, not just visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how long did you work there? Um, so that first one, I was there about a year. Uh huh. Um, and then uh, some upper management was like shifting around quite a bit, and then with the design process the way it was, it just didn't feel like I really had much of a future there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually got really lucky when I worked there. I ended up working with the designer that I would go to my next job with. Um, He was, like, building a kitchen and two-bath remodel in, I think it was, like, Madison Lofts, Mm -hmm. Madison Park area. It's a beautiful part of Seattle. Very, very upscale. Very beautiful. Million-dollar condos, you know, like, Mm -hmm. for one bedrooms. Um, And so we were designing their kitchen and bath, and we just fell in love with each other. We worked really well together, like... The talk was great. And then once all the orders were placed, crap started going south yeah. at my first job. And then he was like, you know what? We're actually looking for a designer. Like, do you want to, like, interview? And it just became a really simple transition and Good. seemed to work well. And, yeah. So once I went to there, it became much more full-service interior design or mm-hmm. lifestyle design, you know? Like, it didn't we didn't care so much about like, Oh, what hard surface do you want? You know, what's your countertop? It was more about like, what's your function in this space? How are you using this living room? You know, are you actually using it? Is it just like a pretty area that we need to like, put some really pretty, it got really much more intimate with the clients to like design 
exactly what they wanted as opposed to like the small like little line work of kitchens and baths sometimes yeah, yeah. It, it is and some people just love the hard surfaces mm-hmm. they, they like the um it's a constant yeah. it's a known quantity mm-hmm. you take your measurements as long as your drawings are straight and you're, you're right and your measurements are correct yeah. client's happy mm-hmm. but it I, and i'm like you i like that interaction i like that's one of the things i love about design is connecting with people mm-hmm. there, i mean i can see a piece of fabric and it brings back these memories of you know the house, the family, the kids, the dog, the yeah. you know emotions that we felt and how the struggles and um, to me that's really fulfilling. Yeah, you know you're you're changing people's life. Mm-hmm. I think that's it's cool. It's yeah. an honor. Yeah, like, that's why I sometimes like to say like it's a little bit more of like a lifestyle design too. Like mm-hmm. if if you can get the client to like really talk to you about like what their issues are mm-hmm. instead of just saying like I need an extra seat in the living room. It's like, well, what kind of seat? Who's yeah. sitting in it? Do you exactly. need a recliner? Do How you know? often do they sit in it? Exactly. You know, are kids yeah. going to be interacting with this? Like, it really helps to, like, just understand the client and what their needs are yes. so much more to ask those, like, little extra questions. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's something that takes a while. I mean, we have so many things to remember, right? Yeah. We've got... So, um, Ebony was getting ready for her install today. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll post some before and after pictures because it's beautiful. And um, she was having Stephanie, our other new designer, help her pull accessories. And Stephanie's never been there, never met the client. I had. This was Ava's first job when she first started working here. It was a client that was a referral. Mm-hmm. And so I had gone on the house calls and I'd done all of the, the you know, touch base and then the presentation with her. And so she's pulling all these accessories and there's a big console piece that goes behind the sofa in the family room. It's freestanding in the room, but it's back you know, behind the sofa and it divides the kitchen. Well, she has a four-year-old and a two-year-old and they were picking taller glass vases. And I said, no, 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 no. They have toddlers. Yeah. That's a $200 vase. The first time the kid jumps on the sofa, it's going to knock that over. She's going to be mad at you for choosing it. <laughs> so we picked sort of a heavy-duty, staunch, like a, a ceramic, heavy planter. And the client, I also remember, had said, I just love plants. I love trying to keep plants alive. And so I thought, this is a beautiful, big, heavy earthenware planter. Tell her she can plant a plant in it. Mm-hmm. And that way, it's not going to fall off. It's going to keep it there. And she'll be a little more inclined to say, up, 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 there's a plant. Yeah. Rather than, boom, there goes the vase and you're stuck. Yeah. Switching yeah. out every two hundred dollars. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you, you have to take. I take everything into consideration. Mm-hmm. Even Ava was worried that maybe she should have had another chair. Like it didn't feel completely full. And I said again, toddlers, they're pushing around little trolleys. They're laying on the floor. Yeah. Toddlers aren't going to sit in the furniture. Mm-hmm. They need some floor space. Yeah. So it's a soft rug. You know, there's plenty of floor space. They can lounge out. The big squishy ottoman that they're. I said. Yeah, you put a tray here, but the tray is going to be gone. Yeah. The kids will lay on the ottoman to watch TV because that's what my kids did. They just in the ottoman <laughs> and watched cartoons or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it is, it's knowing the family. Yeah. You know, and taking that into consideration. And clients love it. Mm-hmm. The more you can express that, yeah. you know, that's, you know, tell, I hope she told them, like, this is why I chose this here because mm-hmm. I thought about you and I thought about your lifestyle. Yeah. But it is important. It's, it's that connection. Um, but the clients, you're going to be so surprised here too, because we're in the burbs. Mm-hmm. You know, you've used to living in Seattle, but you're in a little more city yeah. um, area. And these are families. I mean, 80% of our customers are just families with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, or we do get a, a lot of older couples who are kind of transitioning. Kids have moved out. Maybe parents are moving in. 
you know, there's a lot of multi-use spaces. And so you do really connect with them and go into the house and get to know them. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's tricks to not have them steal your designs, (laughs) you know, but brand names on anything, you don't list item numbers, you don't, Mm -hmm. you know, anything that they can take and shop because it's your design. And yeah, what's the point if you don't get to see it come to life? Mm -hmm. You were just a personal shopper, not a designer. (laughs) Exactly. And that's not as fun. No, not at all. No, you'll love it here. I hope so. So, so I always try to talk to to new designers about, um, you know, whether they, a lot of people think they have to get a four-year degree to be a designer. Mm -hmm. And I'm never against education. Mm -hmm. I love education. Um, But I also know that if you want to be a designer, you don't necessarily have to go to design school. I always tell people business school is Mm -hmm. just as beneficial. Are there things that you can think back in college that you learned that you didn't need, that you haven't ever used, or vice versa? Something you're really grateful you learned in college? Um, so one that I haven't used yet, and this might just be because we don't have the technology or anything like that. <laughs> we did a lot of like um, 3D modeling in, I think it was called Rhino. Mm-hmm. It, it was just a lot of like 3D printing sort of things. Like it was supposed to help with, it was a part of also like learning Revit, understanding like getting those three-dimensional forms together and mm-hmm. how they work. Revit's a little bit more like dimensional. and Yeah. Uh, Rhino would give you more of like that creative organic flow. But like that's one of the things I was like, I have not used that once. Yeah. I don't know. No one that I've ever applied for has been like, oh, we really need Rhino. Yeah. But I spent $4,000 on that class for, like, that program and, like, that semester, you know? Like, that was one thing where it's, like, sometimes you learn a little too much that you don't really need. Uh, Yeah. Um, That's usually my point. It's, like, did I need two years of furniture history, two years of textile chemistry? Mm -hmm. As long as I know performance fabrics, you know, cotton, linen stretches when you steam it. I mean, there's basics you need to know. Yeah. But am I ever going to get a magnifying glass and tweezers and pull apart a fiber and look under a microscope to determine if it's, no. you know, flax or cotton? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not my job. No. no. Yeah. No. Uh, so what else? What did you think? What uh, do you think is the best thing you did learn? Oh, so the thing I think I take away the most, and that I think a lot of people don't take away, um, is like common codes. Like mm. I learned a bunch more about like commercial codes and like making sure there's a lot of safety and everything at play. But like a lot Mm -hmm. of those things still carry over. Like, you know, a lot of people, when I've seen them put together furniture rooms and layouts and stuff, like sometimes they just smash their furniture too close. They're like, Oh, I can get through that. And it's like, you can't like, there's a standard there that like, it really helps to sort of ground a lot of things. And you have just like a few of those like standards, like what's your common circulation space? Mm -hmm. What's your common sofa height? What's a common, like, bench height like so you can start to understand the scale yeah and ergonomics how your body interacts with it how it fits how exactly. it how much room do you need between the front of the sofa and the coffee table mm-hmm. yeah like it's just like i we learned so many of those little things just going through my code class that like i it's all in there somewhere <laughs> and uh-huh. it comes out when i need it yeah but it's not anything i just like rarely pull out of my head just like oh yeah well that has to be there because like that's code it has to be 24 inches off of those you know yeah I, I don't get to quite, I don't quite have all that. But when it gets to like furniture and interiors for like residentials, like it's so easy to like have all those little codes in place. So I know 
that's not going to work for mm-hmm. uh, for you to actually sit there. You know, like you're going to be smashed up against your family there if you want. Yeah. And how do you how do you walk into? This? I I say that all the time. The designers will show me a floor plan. It's beautiful. Look at all that furniture. How do they get in the room? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so just this one little entry where they have to walk from the kitchen around the sofa, around the chairs, and then squish by the fireplace. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I make cheat sheets. Mm-hmm. I mean, nowadays it's nice. You have the internet. You can Google it, mm-hmm. you know, ergonomics. And, and like in my course, um, I drew it out. I drew a little basic floor plan and said, this is a typical coffee table. This is a typical this. This is the space for here. It's things like, um, and I did learn it in school, but again, it's one of those things until you practice it, you, you don't always remember. Like I'll remember, yeah, like you said, it'll come up and I'll think, oh yeah. So when you're sitting at a dining room table, you're designing a dining room, it can't just be that the table and chairs fit. It has to be that someone's going to sit here. What's that distance? Are they serving? Is it something where someone has to walk behind if someone's sitting in the chair and it's pulled out? So then you're going to need another, you know, it's, it's all of those dimensions. Mm-hmm. It isn't just the table fits. Yeah. It has to be, how do they use it? Mm-hmm. Is it a traffic pattern, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get to the kitchen? Are you going to have to have everyone sit up and, you know, yeah. you have to think those things through. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like a matter of like, what is the furniture direction? Yeah. Yeah. That can like. Absolutely. Totally tell you the flow of an entire house. Even if like the yeah. dining room table switches ever so slightly, yeah. the flow changes. The circulation yeah. patterns change, you know, like how you interact with that space changes. Absolutely. But so much of it is common sense, mm-hmm. you know, but it is, um, one of the other things that I, I did myself and it wasn't something anyone told me, it was just finally like, why don't I just do this? Where I walk around my room with my tape measure, you know, what, this is a, this is a comfortable walkway. <laughs> huh, what is that? You know, when I started doing kitchens, yeah. pull down the dishwasher. Can someone walk past it? What is that measurement? What's a comfortable measurement? You open the, the refrigerator door and stand there. I'd mark it out and measure it out. What feels right? Can mm-hmm. someone get past me? Do I need to close the door? But getting used to that, live in the space, mm-hmm. interact with the furniture, interact with the environment and start to feel what what feels right what's logical and then you have to tell your clients that yeah they're going to be blown away by your intelligence and, oh i never would have thought of that well in our world that's common sense mm-hmm. but it took some time to say oh yeah i should probably memorize these things and know yeah. these things and then be able to tell my client this is why i'm moving your table mm-hmm. so that you get a flow so that you'll you know i think a lot of feng shui even is a common sense it's a feeling yeah you know, you walk into a space like, oh, it just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, I hate when you walk in and you're, obviously, like, you're boom, right into the back of something. You, you know, if I'm going to be walking into the back of a sofa, I better have a beautiful sofa table with some lamps and mm-hmm. something decorative. So I'm walking, oh, there's, yeah. you know, some shape to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much of that is, um, yeah, it's observation. Yeah. Being aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think, like, it just kind of comes with, like, especially clients, they just, don't know what they're asking for mm-hmm. sometimes like they know that they need good circulation they yeah. know that they don't want it to be too tight yeah but sometimes it's just a matter of like you need to come talk to someone yeah who's kind of like studied it a little bit more just so they can give you those answers Absolutely. ideally you kind of like create that sort of connection there but like having the being someone that can like just because it's so easy common sense for us mm-hmm. to just logically be like oh well that's not going to work because like you want to do this like you can't yeah. do that nix that idea already you know like exactly and just like to me it sort of becomes like i feel like designers are so much more of just like we are just the option narrowers like mm-hmm. you know exactly what you want we know what you want yeah we can present it all to you 
But it's just because we can say, these are the three couches that really fit your style. Yeah. You're, and you're, you're like, willing to believe yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And I mean, you should believe it. Like, we're not, I'm not sitting here trying to lie to you. Like, so I want you to have the right sofa, you know? Haven't you seen design magazines, though, where you look and think, why do they have eight sofas in this room? What? I, I mean, do they really need that many pillows or that many chairs? Uh, the, no one actually lives in these spaces. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it warps the sense of what a designer is. Yeah. I think, um, and, and, and that's something we do with the store is really trying to make design accessible because it is helping you live in your house. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always tell, tell clients, I'm, I'm going to give you exactly what you want, but I will not let you make mistakes. Yeah. And, um, Suzanne was showing me, she was showing uh, floor plans for this client who was going to have to, in her mind, completely reconfigure this room. Mm-hmm. And she'd lived with it that way for so long, and it was hard for them to see any other configuration. Yeah. And so I was going through the floor plans with her, and she was describing, and you know, which one do you think? And I said, we got to the end. I'm like, but you know the last one is the right one. She says, well, yeah. So well, you need to tell the client that, because this client didn't really trust mm-hmm. why why do i have to move it so i said do that exactly walk through with these floor plans and say now i did this at first which is like your current you know consideration but with new furniture but but don't you get tired of looking like you're you're so crammed back in this corner and then you can't see the tv when you when you're on your bicycle and um you know when you can't really get into the space so then i did it this way and it might look better and you can see this but you're gonna walk in and just you know, fill that and, and get to the last one. So that's why I chose this. And you show them kind of your thought process. Mm-hmm. And again, it builds that confidence. Yeah. Let him say, no, I really like that one. And I want to be smashed up against <laughs> like, but it, it helps the client understand that you didn't just pick it because you felt like it. Yeah. Like there is more to this job. Yeah. And, and really thinking through when we care about them. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of it. Yeah. And they want to feel understood and like, especially for most of these people, it's a lot of hard-earned money that they're like saving up to like, we think of as maybe it's a small project. But to them, they've been working for that for five, six years, maybe, you know, like... $10,000 expendable, you know, or disposable income is a lot of money for most people. Yeah. So to be able to like give them something that just seems like, oh, I'm going to throw this out there, Mm -hmm. make the most markup off of it, get my money, and then be Mm -hmm. gone. Like, it just doesn't seem right to me because like that person's never going to come back to you. When your furniture is, when they're ready for new furniture or they want to do something else, they don't want to come back to you. Or their neighbors and friends are going to walk in and think, this is stupid. Exactly. (laughs) Why would I go to that I don't want to put my name on that. I don't want you to put your name on that. So, like, ideally, it'd be something that we both feel happy putting our names on. Exactly. Or mainly yours, you know. See why I hired him? (laughs) Great answers. Yeah. So, you would like someday to... uh, Design a furniture line. Yeah. See, and again, I want to talk to designers about, you know, design is such a broad term. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, I studied that you were supposed to do big skyscrapers too. Yeah. I don't know why. All design schools teach you commercial. Mm-hmm. No one really teaches residential. Mm-mm. But when you dream about being a designer, you're looking through magazines, you're looking at houses yeah. usually. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Otherwise, you'd go to the architecture route. Um, but furniture is something different. I had furniture design classes. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand them. I was terrible. <laughs> the little models we had to make, and they mm-hmm. always looked sloppy. And um, yeah, but but again, it's such a broad, you know, degree. And, but you can have your your niche. You can have that thing mm-hmm. that you love about it. Yeah. And 
and go for it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it all gets incorporated. Um, what's your first piece you're going to design? Because I'm very Ooh. excited that we have a workshop here now and he yes. can build stuff. Um, so I've been, so I've built a console table. Mm-hmm. I am in the process, process of building a redwood coffee table right now. Nice. Um, I've built ottomans. I've built bookcases, bookshelves. Um, a lot of different things. I'd love, I would love to like learn to get into upholstery. Like mm. being able to like figure out how to like do a really nice bench or like an upholstered chair. I can upholster. You can? Oh yeah. Nice. I've reupholstered many. Sounds I, like you got something to teach uh, me. <laughs> yes. And it was back before the internet, right? I just had to get books or what I did mostly. Uh, I can't even count how many chairs I've done. I did a sleeper sofa in a client's living room. I've done sectionals. Wow. But it usually is reverse engineering it, mm-hmm. taking the fabric off and taking notes, making sure that it's okay to this, you know, taking the panels off enough so that I can use them as patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I learned a lot of tricks. You can say, oh, where'd they get that tape? And then I'd go to an upholstery supply place and say, I found this, it was this little tack tape under there that you can roll the fabric and tuck. Oh yeah, yeah, this is here. But I just sort of taught myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. I love it. It's very therapeutic. Yeah. You know, everyone's, I have this one chair I've reupholstered maybe five times. <laughs> I'll just my uh, Kevin will come in and it's just ripped apart in the living room and don't step on the tacks. Yeah. There's <laughs> nails everywhere. <laughs> Only scratches I have on my entire hardwood floors are from a from few times chair. I've reupholstered <laughs> the chair. <laughs> oh, that I left a, a nail on the floor. Yeah. I think that's yeah. what I love about like the furniture and creating the furniture so much is like I love the tactile feel of something mm-hmm. and how you interact with it. Mm-hmm. So like I, I interact with a lot of like right now a lot of my designs and furniture are coming from like very trendy like live edge woods you mm-hmm. know metals leathers and that sort of stuff but like how do I integrate that in ways that maybe haven't been done before mm-hmm. or feel or look different than what you've normally seen yeah and so like I I can spend hours hours sanding a piece of wood to get it like silky smooth <laughs> like that is mm-hmm. that's therapy my to husband. me yeah, yeah that's therapy to me it's like oh my gosh i can rub my hand across this it's silky buttery smooth like someone's gonna love that yeah and so like to me like understanding and like knowing when those moments are happening in furniture and like knowing when to like really make that impact of like okay we're gonna focus all of that softness on just this one piece of wood everything else can be super light minimal i feel like understanding that and then understanding the functions and purposes that it can be used for yeah someone makes it so much more advantageous for me to build it for somebody i love that and upholstery is nothing like that there is nothing repetitive in reupholstering there's nothing that's like like it's peaceful but to me it's a puzzle Mm mm-hmm it's more about you figure out how, because everything has to be put on in the right order mm-hmm. so that the fabrics, and so it's, to me, it's a big puzzle. Yeah. And learning, <laughs> that chair. So, uh, in education purposes, cushion cores, there's a wide variety. You usually get foam, high density foam, mm-hmm. wrapped with a Dacron, or you get a, um, a density foam wrapped with a down or mm-hmm. a synthetic down. Yeah. Or you get spring down, which is individual spring coils wrapped in usually a muslin and tied together kind of like an eight-way hand tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's wrapped with pieces of foam and then it's Dacron. And, and so that's the cushion that I had. And they kept telling me that the, the first furniture store that I worked at had a lifetime um, warranty on their frames. And people would say, well, why, why isn't it on the cushions? Well, 
it wasn't, it's, it's not the springs that break down, obviously, they're metal, but the muslin over the years disintegrated. Mm. And the strings that tied yeah. them together disintegrated. And so the springs started <laughs> doing this in the chair, and it was all lumpy. So, of course, I take apart the thing, and I've redone it three times, and at this point, I'm just done. Um, because you have to put them... I tried to do it without the little individual cases, mm -hmm. and that didn't work. And I read somewhere you could use um, nylons, like pantyhose. Mm -hmm. So I did that. So I cut up all these pantyhose and put each spring in and steel. And then I had to tie those together, but it's too squishy, and they were still falling into each other. So that didn't work. So the next time I upholstered it, I did take muslin, and I created these little pockets and then tried to sew them. But it was never quite. It was always <laughs> a little askew. Yeah, it's your artist flair, you know? Like, exactly. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, I should just, I own a furniture store. I should just buy a new chair. Yeah. I mean, like, it's on, time. on my coffee table that I'm working on, like, I'm pretty sure I've shellacked it now. Like, the <laughs> final, the final thing, I've shellacked it probably three times already. And I've mm -hmm. gone back to, like, so I'm like, oh, that, that part's messed up. I need to go back and, like, sand it down so I can, like, recode it all, even again. Like, uh -huh. I, like you said, it's very much like a learning process. You kind of continually teach yourself and you mm -hmm. continually perfect yourself. Like yeah. I, someone, not me, could have been looking at my piece and be like, that looks beautiful. Yeah. Never would have seen the scratch, anything like that. But Absolutely. me as the maker, I'm like, I have an extra eye on that. I know I'm going to spend an extra two hours to make sure that's not visible for anybody else. Yeah. yeah. Note to self, only hire old elderly upholsterers <laughs> or furniture makers. They've yes. learned all the tricks they and really all the have. mistakes. Yeah. That's why you pay more, mm -hmm. right? That's where they get the big bucks. That's right. <laughs> So what are you most excited about working here? What do you, I mean, you talked a little bit about the clients, but you haven't really had the chance like this to sort of rapid fire meet clients and, mm -hmm. you know, this many, if you're working at more of an independent design build. Yeah. Um, so I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most here is sort of um, building my own client relationships. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you being the mama, you know, like uh -huh. overlooking everything. But so many of the places I've been in the past it's always been like, I can throw together this design. I spend so many hours on it. I present it. And then like the head boss guy is like, oh, you need to change that. Not because the client thinks that's what it needs, but mm -hmm. mainly because he's like, oh, that doesn't look right. That, you yeah. know, like yeah. there's, there's certain things that like, because it's not my company, it's not my name that I'm like representing. Yeah. I totally get that. But here it feels like I'm more representing a client than I am you, yes. you know, like I'm more trying to be representing what that client wants to see in that space so that hopefully they can come back and like, you know, we yeah. can then work on their entire house or whatever it needs to be. But like, I think the idea of like sort of leading my own design is Absolutely. really promising to me. And I will tell you, um, because this is something that has, was brought to my attention. One of the reasons I started to coach, um, the store in California, you know, it was the first time I built my own team. Mm -hmm. I had eight designers. And I was the only one that really had experience. I mean, there were a couple people that dabbled in design and some lots of design school, mm -hmm. but no one that had been a designer. Yeah. And I'd been doing it independently for so long and with other stores that it's more the human nature thing, right? So um, Paula is very successful now. She she I talk about her all the time. She was 21 when I met her, just graduated from FITM. And she thought she knew like she had just got to fit it. She thought she knew everything. And so when you ask her now, though, she tells the story of I did her first three designs. What are you talking about? 
and I do remember we go on the first house call and I always go on the, you know, the first couple house calls and I we get in the car and said, okay, what do you think? What do you, you know, what's your gut? What are you thinking? She goes, oh, I think I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'd see her start to put the presentation together, pull some fabrics. I said, uh, I remember what she said. She loves this color. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And so I just kind of watched and she'd be pulling I'm like, remember she said traditional she really likes traditional and she pointed to a plaid oh i said maybe find a plaid because mm-hmm. and and so those first three days and she fought me and fought me and complained and mm-hmm. you know bitched everybody about it but when you ask her now it was me teaching her how to listen mm-hmm. like the little cues and it just came from experience it just comes from working on hundreds and hundreds of houses yeah and so hopefully that's the guidance that I get, right? I let the designers, there's tons of designs and I'm like, oh, we never put that together. <laughs> but the yeah. client is thrilled mm-hmm. and the client loves it. Well, what am I to say? I'm yeah. not this, you know, end all be all design, but I will always help you as a second set of ears and eyes, like tighter tap into that client, yeah. you know, a, a, a deeper connection and learning to pick up those cues. Mm-hmm. And um, remember when they flinched, when you said this or, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it takes like, Oh yeah, they did. But it, that's kind of a thing that you get in the habit of, and that you start to build your own knowledge base mm-hmm. of when they say this, that means this, when they yeah. ask for this, that means that, um, that's the wisdom that I like to impart yeah. on the designers, but you're right. I don't want to do your designs. Mm-hmm. I've been there, done that. Exactly. I'm over it. <laughs> I can barely design the floor. <laughs> uh, I don't design my own house. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm, and I'm excited to see... The thing that I also love is watching young designers create things that I wouldn't have ever thought of or color combinations. And at first I'm like, really? And sure enough, when it's done, the client loves it. And then I started to see, you know, started, it's a trend. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I was just a little behind. But I, I feel like I, it keeps me young yeah. and fresh in design to mm-hmm. see what you guys come up with, to yeah. see, you know, how, how you mix textures and styles and everything. It's exciting. Yeah, that was like one of the things I think that really interests me when we like were first interviewing. It was just like when you were talking about all the other designers, like how they all come from different mm-hmm. avenues of life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm so used to just being like, oh, you went to a design school too? So did I. Oh, how do uh-huh. you learn AutoCAD, you know? It's like, it's all the same stuff. And so like a lot of people are cranking out the same designs. But I think being around different creative minds and mm-hmm. other ways and I'm traditionally used to i think mm-hmm. is going to be really inspirational too absolutely it's, especially when they're just asking maybe me for help because like maybe absolutely. it's going to make me go look at some stuff and then all of a sudden it's like hey cool i'm really into this brand now so maybe yeah. i'll use them next you and shredda i think are the only ones with official degrees in design really? okay. um yeah stephanie's going to school for designer she has suzanne never mm-hmm. karen never yeah and then ava's the architect mm-hmm. david just always liked design and has great taste yeah so, but he's a people person. Mm-hmm. So it is. And I love that it's international, you yeah. know, from Venezuela, from India. We've got, it, I, I love that, um, that feeling of we are learning and growing, mm-hmm. right? We are learning about, Shredal teaches us all the time about, well, in India, like they custom build everything. Mm-hmm. There is no brand you go by. Everything is custom built. Mm. So she knows a lot more about the structure of furniture and she'll, you know, we've just learned a lot from, from yeah. all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that would be a great takeaway for everybody, too. Absolutely. We built a family. Very picky about my team. And I think I feel good. This is, I I like, I, I don't have 
weird butterflies or pits in my stomach, I feel good. Good. I feel like I can coast for a while. Let you guys do the hard work. You should coast for a while. Good. I get to relax (laughs) and work on my, you know, everything else. Maybe you reupholster the chair six times. Yes. No, I'm going to buy a new one. (laughs) No, I have to pick it out. Can you help me pick out a chair for my living room? Yes, I totally can do that. I love it. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. You bet. We'll have you on more often because I really do want to do these interviews and and shooting more, um, you know, views of the of what it's like to be a designer. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to get Ilya to bring the camera around, go on installs, and Ooh, okay, and uh, you know, see what it because people want to know what is it like in the client's house. What is it? Mm-hmm. You know, let's hear you talking to a client. Let's. I know so many people that watch HGTV, not for the house, like literally just background, just to like have someone walking through. It's sort of like a very comfortable, calming feeling. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I get that. Totally get that. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yay. Welcome to the team. Thank you. Thank you everyone for tuning in again and keep asking questions next week. I do want to um, answer a few questions that were asked. How to do color consultations? Like, are there any tricks? Um, uh, what was the other one? I got, I started another uh, YouTube comment today about first house calls. So next week, I'll actually give you a little more insight. And maybe we'll get to interview uh, Stephanie, mm-hmm. our other new designer, yeah. and get her background. Because she, again, she's owned her own furniture store. She's done staging. She's done so many different aspects of interior design. And I'm just fascinated by that. Yeah, I love that. Thank you, everyone. Happy designing. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcasts and Spotify, so stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and House at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at designforaliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforliving.com.